Uh, good morning, everyone. Actually, Steve said I was going to tell the, the joke, but it, I told him. I, I had said, I heard this joke a long time ago, and I was the only one who thought it was funny. <laughs> so I told them, you know, about it, and they thought, no, that's so funny, you got to share it. So, okay, <laughs> I'll share it. In fact, I shared it a long, yeah, a while back over here. So um, there was a, um, a church that needed painting, and um, so they hired this guy to paint the church. And uh, he started painting the church for the amount that he said he was going to do it for. And he started running out of paint. So he started thinning the paint so he could paint more and thinning the paint so he can paint more. And when he got to the steeple, he had to thin it out a lot. And he's painting the steeple. And then there's this cloud comes over him. And there's lightning and thunder. And he hears a voice saying, Repaint, repaint, and thin no more. <laughs> so, you guys thought that was funny? Or? <laughs> I thought that was funny. It sounds better the second time. No, well, you know, that's a nice, clean joke. <laughs> I always thought it was funny. But well, Steve didn't say a couple of announcements, but I want to remind everyone about um, the chronological Bible study after church, for one thing, and the purple book study, because it's so important to know the, the Word of God. You know, like Jenny was saying about how the Lord is speaking to her, to her, and it's important. I mean, the Bible clearly says, my sheep know my voice. Amen. So if we are... True Christians following after him, we should be able to hear him. Not necessarily always in an audible way, but to know when it's him. But we always got to check it. And that's how we fine-tune where we're going, but checking it by the word. And so I want to encourage you, because see, um, usually I go off to Kalapana and do that service, but last week they had a, a graduation party in the morning, so service was canceled there, so I got to sit into uh, Ron's class. And, uh, you know, I'm older than most people in the church, but Ron is older than me, and he's probably the one who has read the Bible more than me. And he has so much wisdom and of, of that. And it's, see, I didn't read the quote, that reading that they did that Sunday, but just being there and listening and going over it, because there's so much to learn from the Word. Okay, so I, it's so deep, and with every situation that changes, in your life and so on, the word becomes alive again in a new way. And, and I want to encourage you, to like, it's not like, oh man, I didn't do my homework, I didn't do my reading, I can't go to the class. If you are able and free, go. Because I, as you go over in depth that section of scripture, you're going to learn more. Yeah, it was really, really good. And so again, I want to say, you don't have to do that reading if you are able to go, go. And if you are able to purple book too, it's the basics of Christ. You will learn more. And as people share, we learn more. So I wanted to encourage you on those two that are ongoing. Yeah. And um, today, um, I want to share, uh, actually, what I want to do, I want people to study the word. 
that's so important. You have the ability in, you know, the Purple Book, Chronological Bible, and on your own to read the Word it needs to be. Yeah? As we grow in the Lord, it's not just feed me, feed me, feed me. We learn how to feed ourselves. And then actually we should start being feeding others. So that's part of it too to, to learn, but it, it's so important. But for me, I feel that I, you know, I to pray and pray all week and say, okay, God, what do you want for your people? What do they need? And yeah, not every week it might be for you, like Jenny said, but there's somebody out there, like the, she felt the Lord told her, this, is, this song is for somebody needs that song. And so, and I love that. And so I don't tell the worship team, this is what the message is going to be about, so I want songs that match the message. I say, you pray. And that's what uh, every good leader stretches the people, stretches the people. So we grow. And so I say, you pray and ask God. And I love it when they pray and it matches the message perfectly. And so that's what it was this Sunday. In fact, in Saturday, as I was going over, you know, really, you know, fine-tuning everything in the message, I, I woke up in the morning and that song kept on going over and over in my head, and so when I looked at what song, you know, that, that was picked, that, you know, that, that song, Everlasting God, was the song that was going over. So, it, it, you know, it's saying, okay, we're hearing the Lord together, because this is His church, and we're asking for His direction, and we're getting the same thing. So this is what I felt like the Lord was saying, that uh, somebody here needs, or, or probably more than a few of you, and I'll start with Psalm 130. And it says, Out of the depths I cry to you. The psalmist is, is in trouble. Or he's in worry or fear about something. Out of the depths I cry out to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Something's going on. And if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins... O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. Now, doesn't that sound weird? There's forgiveness, so you are feared? It doesn't seem to match. But that's one thing about English. English has become the, the language of business because it's so simple. But also, because of that, you know, when you interpret something from another language that has many different meanings or words, we translate so many words, different words in the Hebrew and Greek into one word. You know, like different words that have different meanings or shades of meanings. In English, there's one. Like, like the word love in English. Yeah? I can love to eat hot dogs. I can love to play baseball. And I can love my wife is the same word. You know, you have different words in different languages. Some of them have 12 words for love. And, but it's interpreted like that. So that's why it gets a little confusing. This, if you just read it like that, it's very confusing. But with you, there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. Why, you know, when he's, that shouldn't be it. But that word, yare, in, in the Hebrew, in, in this context, 
it means to reverence, honor, and respect. So he's, rever he's honored and respected. We honor him because he gives us forgiveness. It's that kind of um, you know, reverence, deep reverence for him in this, in this situation. And uh, the psalm continues in verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. See, this is not a waiting like, oh, ho-hum, oh, well, whatever, I'm waiting. I'm just killing time. This kind of wait is he's in trouble and he's waiting for an answer. He's waiting for the Lord to meet him. And he, he can't handle it himself. And he's saying, I need your help, Lord. Um, many times in my life, I found myself in this situation. And I'm saying, I don't know what to do. If you don't come and meet me, you know, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I am in deep trouble. And that's what he's saying. But I, in his word, I put my hope that he never leaves us or forsakes us. He's faithful and true. His promises are true. He never, he, you know, he never breaks his promises. His word is true, and we put our hope, but we're waiting, and it's, it's a, a hard kind of waiting. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Like if you're in a war and in the dark, you can't see what's coming. You are wait, you know, anticipating, wanting that to come where you can have that rest and peace. Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. So again, it's, it's this where God, I trust in, it's stretching us, stretching us for our faith. You know, we look at our country today, and it's stretching us for our faith. Is God really come? Is he going to rescue us? Those that, again, like, like Jenny was saying for a daughter, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. For those who are called according to his purposes, he'll work all things for the good. Are we following the, the plans and purposes he has for our lives? And then he can be, not because he doesn't, he's mean or something if we don't. But again, God is love. And love doesn't force itself on anybody. And so if you don't want to choose to follow after him, okay, he he can't send that blessing on you because you're choosing another way. Yeah. And so, you know, if he blesses you and you're going the wrong way, you're going to keep on going. And he cares more about your eternal life than any comfort here right now. And so we need to choose to follow after him and then we will see him meet us. Yeah, he will meet us when we're, we're there. If we're choosing not to follow him, he won't meet us. But that's our choice because he won't force us. Because love has to be freely given and freely received, freely returned. Love does not force its way. He could, he's the all-powerful God and he could make us do anything he wants. But he doesn't because he is love. So he, we, but... Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. It will come. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. 
we're not perfect, but if we're putting our hope in him, he can now, he's to meet us because he's loved, now he can meet us. He didn't, otherwise, you're his slave. He can force you to do it, but he wants you as his child. And so love doesn't force in that way. But the interesting thing about that word wait or kava, it means um, to wait, to look for, to hope, to expect. That's, like I said, there's so much more fullness to that word, to hope, to expect. But it also means to collect, to bind together, and it's the idea of a rope of cords. You know, when the more cords you have in a rope, the threefold cord is not easily broken because it, it gives strength. But it's of the cords twisted together to gain strength. And there's twisting. That, that word has a connotation, too, of twisting and stretching and tension, enduring, but also of hope and expectation. Okay, so this is a time of stretching. Okay. So like, you know, like Jenny's saying, praying for her daughter, it's a time of stretching and hope and faith in the Lord, saying, God, you know, I'm waiting for you. I can't do anything about this. I'm waiting for you. But it's a stretching, and it stretches our faith. And the more our faith gets stretched, the stronger we become. And he's in the stretching business because he's a good leader. <laughs> he's in the business of stretching us. And, you know, Corey Tenboom, she, um, they were, she was waiting in, in, in that tension, this tension of waiting for the Lord to meet. And she was afraid. And she, she was saying to her dad, why is why do we have to wait? Why does the Lord take so long to meet us? But in the meantime, we're being strengthened as we're stretched. And our faith every time, once we see he does meet us, we get stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's his purpose for waiting. But what her father told her is, you know, when you're going to catch the train, when we're going to catch the train, when does your dad give you the ticket? just before I get on the train. And he says, don't worry. Your Father in Heaven has the ticket. Don't worry. When you need it, if we're calling and following after him, when you need it, the, he'll give you the ticket. Don't fret and worry about it. Where's the ticket? Where's the ticket? He gives it to you too early. You might lose it. Yeah? And so he knows you need it. Like, I have the ticket for you when you're going to catch the train. Do, do you worry and fret? I have the ticket for you. Your Father in Heaven has the ticket. And when you need it, it it'll be there. But it's a stretching as you wait in faith. For the faith, as we learn to trust in Him, hope in Him, and we begin to have faith in Him. That's when we grow more and more in faith. So like in Acts 1, 4, second part and 5, Jesus gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, 
but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But, you know, here's Jesus leaving them alone, and he's saying, just, just sit and wait. Wait for the gift. Don't leave. Just stay there and wait. And again, it's expected hope. And this word is a Greek word for wait. Perimeno is the word. But in the Greek, that's only used in two places. It's here and in the Septuagint, the, the Greek version of the Old Testament that was written before Jesus came, about 300 B.C., but it was adopted by the church. That was for the, you know, it's written in the Greek for the Greek-speaking Jews. But that word is used in Genesis 49:18, when Jacob, at the end of his life, he says, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. That's the only other time it's used in the, in the Greek, this type of waiting. But, but in the Hebrew, that Genesis, I've waited, is, is kavah again. That tension waiting, that waiting for my salvation. I can't save myself. I, I, I need you. And it's that tension of waiting that builds the faith and the hope. And so... That's the idea. But it's really interesting when he says, I've waited for your salvation, because there's different words for salvation too. He uses Yeshua. You know, did, did he know? Was he looking forward? Because Jesus' name, his Hebrew name, Yeshua, means God saves. So in this scripture, actually, again, the simplified English, but he's really saying, I've waited for your Savior. Yeah, the one God saves, Yeshua, Jesus, salvation, deliverance that comes in Him. And so th this, that's what God does. He, he stretches us a lot in this way in many times for, for many things. But as we do, we grow in faith. And it's important that we, again, we... When he, if we want to fulfill the purposes and plans he has for our lives, that we say, yes, Lord, even though we know we're going to get stretched. Yeah. And situations come up like that where we will be stretched. Yeah. Um, one of the most stretching situations for me was uh, we felt that what we learned in Hawaii that was really successful and, and uh, brought so many people to Christ doing what God told us. He said, make a film for Japan that's the same way. Breaking the three cords that were binding them from coming to Christ too. So we met a man who had collected all the information again about the, the one creator God's name in Japan. And my mentor said, if we find that name, it'll make huge breakthroughs. Because it's not the foreign God and the foreign religion anymore. It's Romans 1.20, where all people knew him. And then we fell away to worship other gods. We broke our covenant with him. He had a covenant with all of us. He is our God, we are his people. And we break that to come and worship other gods, Romans 1, 22, 23, 24. We leave and worship other gods. But that's why he sent Jesus. 
to pay for our sins so we can return back home, back home to our God, our Creator, who has always been there loving us, and we left Him, but He's waiting like the father of the prodigal son for us to return home. And He sent Jesus so that's possible. So that was so important. And, and this one man who was a missionary in Japan for 30 years, um, he had collected all that together like I did in Hawaii for, for the Hawaiian people. And so we, we met him. We talked about it. And he um, said, you know, I feel God is telling me we need to make a film about it. And he said, okay. And um, because he collected it, we wanted to honor him. So anyway, I wrote the script, raising money. And then I showed it to him. He approved of it. And I said, okay, I'm going to start raising money because it's going to take the three of us flying to Japan, going all over Japan to finding all these spots, these places. And um, it's going to cost a lot of money. And we took two Japanese pastors with us. So anyway, you know, so I, I raised $30,000. For me at that time, that was huge from different churches because of they had read my other books and saw the Hawaiians coming to Christ and wanted to do the same. They gave that money. So we filmed in Japan. He was in every shot almost because we wanted to honor him. And then when we get back, to make a long story short, he says he wants to meet with us, and he says, I don't want an evangelical film. I want a film about Shintoism, Buddhism, and Christianity in Japan. And I said, we, I can't do that. We had the script, you approved of it, and I went to the churches and said, we're going to make an evangelical film about bringing, you know, to bring the Japanese to Christ. And that's why they gave the money. I can't tell them we're not going to do that now. And he said, and this is his exact words, because you know what? You're going to get a fight. You got all these people you know, in bondage to other gods and so on, and you're going to set them free. The devil doesn't like that. You're going to get a fight. And it was interesting because his exact words were, you're going to think I'm the devil. But no, you can't make the film and you can't use any of the film with my picture in it. And um, we're, I'm gonna, we're gonna sue you, which the Bible says, don't take your brother to court. And we were like stunned. The filmmaker, um, you know, he, you know he was, he's one of the best filmmakers in Hawaii. He passed away already, but he, just an awesome anointed man and I were both stunned. We didn't know what to do. Because he was in almost every shot. And the churches are saying, okay, where's the film? Where's the film? And I'm stuck. And I'm like, God, what am I going to do? I don't have $30,000 to return to them. And um, I can't, we don't have hardly any film. And this is a stretching and waiting because I didn't know what was going to happen by saying, God, this isn't only my reputation. If they give all that money for the film and nothing happens, but it's yours. So what, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? And it was one of those really stretching and twisting times. You know, yes, I believe you said you wanted this. And what is this that has happened? 
And then again, to, to, to make a long story short again, it was during this time of waiting, seven years um, of waiting, um, that the, the grand team master of Japan came to Hawaii. He is a cultural expert that may be the most respected cultural expert in Japan. He is descended from the tea master who created the tea ceremony. And he came to Japan, I mean, he came from Japan, came to Hawaii, and he granted us an interview. I don't know why. And we got to sit down and interview him where he talked about how the tea ceremony was created to be their style of communion. And he explained all of that. And I believe he was an underground Christian because his wife was a Christian. And here's this Shinto priest when we heard him talk. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to bring a little bit of, you know, of peace in the world through the tea ceremony until I, I go to heaven and be with my wife, which uh, would be strange for a Shinto priest to say. But during that time of waiting, we have this man who was one of the most respected cultural experts in Japan. And that's what actually made the film work. Because otherwise, it's like foreigners coming here and, and going to make a film about Hawaiians. What Hawaiian is going to say, okay, well, yeah, your guys are experts. But now you had one of the most respected, and that's what made people watch the film. And uh, we've, you know, conservatively, we've, we've had half a million people watch it. We've had many thousands come to Christ. But people have told me, man, seven years and the film is 21 minutes long. That's three minutes a year. And it was so hard waiting. But yet the, the thing that made it all work came during that time. And one, several Japanese leaders told me that if it came out even one year before, it would have been rejected because it's so out of the box, so different from what they, they have learned that God actually loves the people and has something good for them within their culture that points to Him. Because the regular missionary way was, you're all evil, be like us. But you think about that kind of theology. If God is love, You know, and that's why I tell the young missionaries now, don't be a bad date, because I teach a lot of missionaries now because of the successes we, we've had doing really what God has told us to do. Don't be a bad date, like so many of my generation and the generations before have been. And what's a bad date? I come to you and I say, you know what? You got nothing good, nothing redeemable, nothing I want, nothing you can give or add to my life. In fact, you're a heathen and of the devil. Just be like me. I know everything. I have everything. Do you want a second date with someone like that? And nobody has ever said yes. But a good date is, I think you're awesome. And I think you have so many wonderful, beautiful qualities about you. Can you teach me? I want to learn from you. And maybe we can walk together and grow together as we learn from one another. And that's what has made the difference. Whereas the gospel has been in Japan 470 years. 
less than one half of one percent go to a Christian church. Why? When our God is so much better than any God they have. Bad dates. And so we've had thousands accept Christ through it, and it's still growing because it's one thing if you do something kind of prophetically ahead of its time, it takes a while for people to get it. Perpetuating Righteousness, the first book I wrote for Hawaii is nearly 30 years old. Now it's selling more than it ever has. It's starting to, you know, catch. And so it'll grow more and more. But just the waiting, and, and it was so worth it. The pain, the stretching, the, the anguish was so worth it. You know, just to have someone tell me I was witnessing to my aunt for 30 years and then she just watched her film and accepted Christ. Or uh, someone who makes taiko drums in Honoka'a. The whole family came to Christ, he refused. He watched the film and they come home and he's watching the film by himself. And he accepted Christ and they show it at the funeral even, the film. Or having a young woman when I go to Japan at a conference just come running up behind me and saying, Dr. Kikawa, Dr. Kikawa, and then she can't talk. She's just weeping. And then through it, that, she's saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the Japanese don't do that. It is so worth it. But we walk out in what he tells us to do, and it's going to be stretching. And there's going to be stretching things in our life, starting out with our own life stretching. But as we do that, oh, the, it's so worth it so wonderful and now we have more and more peace in our lives not that God isn't still stretching me because now he's asked me to do something that not $30,000 it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars so I'm like okay God that's going to be all you and we're right in the stretching point of it but because of like lifting weights because of all the weights I've lifted before I'm in more peace than I was the first time. And that's what he wants for us. He's good and he wants good for us. And there must be people here who are right in that time of waiting and stretching through the trials you're going through. Trust in God. He is faithful. That hope, it's stretching, but the hope. You trust in him and follow after him and you will see him provide but like the psalm that, well, you know, it was a proverb that actually last week Ron talked about in class. That's what I want. Where the, where the psalm, uh, the, the person writing the proverb says, there are two things I want from you, Lord. The second thing, don't make me so rich that I forget you. Don't make me so poor that I need to steal and dishonor your name. But he'll take care of you and, you'll, and you will have blessings from him. So as the worship team comes up, and boy, all the songs you picked, Jenny, so fit with the message. You play the song you feel, or several songs if you feel. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a loving God. But your purpose, once we accept you, is to grow, to grow. And we have growing pains many times. No matter what stage we are in life, there are growing pains. Something is happening. As we get older, there are physical pains and pains of friends and family, 
dying or leaving or children that are going the wrong way or the whole nation and what's happening, to trust in you, to trust in you is stretching right at this time. But as we do, you are faithful and we have to choose, choose to trust in you. And so even though it stretches us and sometimes we're in fear and sometimes we're in doubt, if we say like that, Psalms, Lord, I need you. You are faithful and you will prove it to us. And so we stand in faithfulness together in Jesus' name. Amen.